Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. Boy, do I have a fun show for you today. I am joined by Rob Snow and Nick Doyle from Stand Up For Downs and The Improvineer Method. This organization teaches the skill of improvisation to people with Down syndrome and other developmental disabilities. Improv teaches their students so many skills. Quick thinking, critical thinking, eye contact, listening skills, and so, so many more. Rob describes it all in this episode and you are going to love it. Of course, we laugh a lot too. And at the end, they even make me play an improv game. I wasn't nearly as funny as Rob or Nick. Rob is a native of Ohio and moved to Chicago to begin his comedy and improv journey after he graduated from Miami University, which is my alma mater. He married his wife, Ellen, and they had their first son, Charlie. In 2009, they moved back to Ohio and Rob decided to give comedy a shot again after performing open mics and guest sets while he traveled for his day job. Also in 2009, Rob and Ellen had their second son, Henry, who was born with Down syndrome. The merger of Rob's passion for comedy and the love of his son have paved his way ever since. In 2011, Rob created his first of three one-man shows, which he continues to perform nationally. They also started Stand Up for Downs, which is the nonprofit dedicated to enhancing the lives of those with developmental disabilities through humor. In 2017, he created the Improvineer Method. He serves as the chief executive and still rolls up his sleeves to co-direct when his partner in crime, Maggie, allows him to do so. Nick is from Canton, Ohio, and he became a vital part of the success of the Improvineer Method. Nick is an original cast member and quickly established himself as the big brother and leader of the troupe. Through his dedication to the craft, he quickly became a standout performer. In 2019, Nick joined Rob as a board member of his nonprofit Stand Up For Downs. He also joined the board of Gigi's Playhouse in Canton. Nick serves as an executive director, excuse me, assistant director for online and live Improvineer Method classes, as well as a sales associate, helping to promote and sell programs at conferences nationally. He also continues performing with the original Improvineers across the country. Beyond serving in all of these roles, Nick works as a host at Applebee's restaurant in Canton. He is currently performing a one-man show called The Truth Be Told across the country. Nick's hobbies include bringing joy to everything that comes into his path and friends. He sure brought joy to me during this interview. I can't wait for you to experience the joy of listening. Enjoy. Hey, Nick. Hey, Rob. Hey. Good afternoon. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit nervous for today because I don't think I'm very funny. <laughs> oh, please. We're going to make you laugh today. <laughs> I'm already laughing. I guess we are off to a good start. Yes, um, we are. Yes, we are. So why don't we start off? I would love for you to tell my podcast audience a little bit about yourselves. Nick, do you want to start off and introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, Rob is last. Rob's last. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Doyle. I am the Stand Up or Downs Vice President, and I am a national and the assistant director for the Empowerment Near Method. And uh, people call me the Empowerment Near's big dog. The big, the big dog. dog. Oh, yeah. I like it, Nick. That is awesome. I want to hear more about what you do in your different roles with um, the Improvineers and Stand Up for Downs, but let's let Rob introduce himself and maybe Rob, you can tell us a little bit about Stand Up for Downs. And then Nick, that's gonna be my next question is tell me about the, the actual work that you do. So let's let Rob, since he was last, let's at least let him introduce himself. Go ahead, Rob. All right, it's Rob Snow. Um, great to be here, Ashley. Um, and uh, just love everything that you're doing and being such an incredible voice of education and awareness and leadership in this community. It's just uh, beautiful. Who would have thought that those many years ago in that pool in Florida, I forget which Florida, where we were, Marathon, where we randomly met yeah. because I happen to notice you, you are a member of the club and we started talking. That's how it happens, right? Yeah. Came to find out we have so much in common, both being from Ohio and, and Miami, right? You went to yeah, in Miami, Miami grads. And Ohio grads and all of that. But so I, I run um, I run the Improvineer Method. I'm, I'm CEO of the Improvineer Method. And uh, my wife and I founded, my wife Ellen and I founded uh, Stand Up for Downs back in 2013. And that was originally started to um, basically use comedy to just raise money and awareness uh, for those in the Down syndrome community, whether it's individuals um, who need it or organizations who needed it. And um, yeah, we just put on comedy events. It's, it's a past life of mine, uh, starting comedy in Chicago and in the late 90s and improvisation back then too at Second City and things like that. And so I knew how to put on comedy events and I just, you know, I'd be going to these uh, national Down syndrome conferences and, and things like that. And I started realizing this greater need for money for all these different incredible organizations out there um, had been involved with our local organization here in Cleveland and, and that sort of thing. And, and you just start recognizing the need for it. And that's what, you know, I felt that we could contribute. And so we raised, I think we raised uh, in about five, six years, we raised about five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars almost. And, you know, really we had no payroll. So we kind of just kicked all that back out or as much as we could. Um, and then in 2018, um, uh, I was kind of given the idea of using improvisation um, to uh, 
teach individuals really important skills, um, individuals with developmental disabilities, really important skills um, that will greatly increase social and workplace lifetime opportunities. So that came on in like 2018, and then I started developing and creating that. Um, Nick became one of my first uh, test subjects on it. Uh, they were called the Improvineers, um, a group that you see over my shoulder here that studied uh, for two hours a week for um, about a year and a half before they put on this amazing show. And, uh, and then the, the rest is kind of history. Um, what I did do, and some people don't know this, but I, I did separate the Improvineer method. We ended up calling it the Improvineer method after the show. Um, myself and my partner, Maggie Bassezi and I, um, did that. And we did that because I realized uh, when you run a charity, you don't own a charity, you just run a charity. And which meant I had no ownership of this. So I could have some board come in and, um, you know, decide I wasn't doing a good job and kick me out. And with it goes all my improvenir method. So it's like, wait, I got to own this thing. Right. Um, out of here. right? right. <laughs> so that's what happened. So just last year, or at the beginning of this year, sorry, we uh, officially, uh, the Improvineer Method is a separate company. And I think Nick's still trying to understand. Um, he's like, wait, I'm not the, what am I the salesperson for? What am I doing? Because he's vice president of the board for Stand Up for Downs, yes. which now Ellen is the uh, president of. And um, yeah, and so. Got he, it. That's if I don't know if that confuses your audience more. No, no, I think that's really that's good information. It's something that I'm happy to know too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, and you know, it, it, my audience is full of people that are in the disability community, and I think a lot of us think about starting nonprofits for various reasons, and that isn't something that's really easy or something that is um, always the right answer. So um, in your case, it is the right answer, but now you also have the right to the intellectual property that yeah. you have created, which is awesome. Um, Rob, you skipped a big piece of information, and I want to hear a little bit about your family, because our, our um, audience needs to know it? where your passion comes from. Well, it's a, I think it's a really good point, and I'll, I'll segue a little bit, too, into just you know, and I don't know if this is a question of yours, but so maybe I, I won't. But anyway, my, my son, Henry, is what brings me to this world. Uh, our son, Henry, you can see him over my right shoulder here. Um, <laughs> Charlie and Henry uh, are my two boys. And Henry has Down syndrome. And um, yeah, we just we kind of, you know, we had Henry, we didn't know um, ahead of time. Really, we had a couple kind of soft markers in the ultrasound um, that were somewhat indicative of Down syndrome, but actually when my wife went, you know, further into the pregnancy and we had more ultrasounds, th those soft markers were gone by the time that we went in. So it was more just kind of a, I don't know what, uh, in a, a sign, I, I always call them signs, but, um, so yeah, we had Henry and that's what really got us, got us involved, of course, yeah. into the Down syndrome community. Two beautiful boys. You um, are sure lucky with those two boys. And I don't know about Charlie, but I do know that Henry is absolutely hilarious. He's he's pretty funny. <laughs> Charlie actually tried to do some stand-up comedy too, and he was very good at it. And then I think he just didn't really want to do it anymore. But he okay. actually did. He got up on actual stages and he entered a contest, he an did. adult contest when he was like 12 and he took second place. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now I might be fun. even more intimidated. So, 
so let's circle back. Nick, I'm really curious about what you do in your different jobs. I know you do some sales work. Um, and I think um, what I know is that you all together in these companies have created a training that now you can take to different Down syndrome organizations or other organizations and say, you know, would you like to have an Improvenir um, group in your within your organization is that what you're selling yes yes i am um so base so basically i look for the improvident method is because we have our improvident method online classes as well as live classes and um so basically we use the Zoom platform to train all to train all of the improvineers all over Northeast Ohio, all over the whole country as well. So we have a lot of improvineers to train to play these awesome improv games. So yeah, that's, I'll, I'll I'll jump in too, Nick. Good job. Um, and so so Nick, uh, you know the sales capacity for Nick, um, you know really started when we were we had a booth at um, I think it was the DSAIA conference last year, and I think it was the the last conference most of us did before COVID. And um, you know Nick, I just you know he came down there with us, and he works that booth like nobody else he sells the program like nobody else i said well i'm going to make him a sales assistant and then i was like well i don't i guess i'm the other salesperson and he's not really my assistant so why wouldn't he just be my national salesperson um and so that was the thinking and then we just haven't had those conferences in that time to really get out and do it um but he's better than anybody i've never you know i've worked a lot of booths in my in my days and um nobody does it better than nick and He's, he's the one that, you know, in a very good way, gets people to sign up for whatever you have at the booth or drop your cards. And he's giving away our, you know, our, our swag and stuff like that. And, and he just is tireless at it. So um, that's, that's a role that we'll be picking up more as we go. And then um, the assistant director role, as he said, we, he's on all not all we we I think Nick you're working about five to ten hours a week it usually stretches more to yeah 10. and he's uh he helps um you know play all the games he helps lead the games he'll even help teach some of the games and then when we're live he's an assistant director to our, one of our live northeastern Ohio classes now and I mean it's just that there's such a natural leadership in him and ability to make everybody feel so good um in that room. And I noticed it, uh, like in the first year with, when we were, you know, we just had the improvineers and, and Nick was just, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, cast members and, you know, I, we get done with a game and then I kind of give my, you know, constructive criticism to everybody like, Hey, this was great. Um, I'd love to see this next time. You know, if you could incorporate this and Nick goes, Hey, can I say something? And he jumps up and and he, he looks at one of the cast members and he goes, I won't say his name, but he goes, uh, you know, hey, and I'm, I'm kind of biting my, I'm like, what is he going to say? And I'm looking at Maggie, I'm going, is this going to be, 
good. And he goes, I loved what you did in that scene. I just loved it. I loved it. When you did this and he had an example for him. <clears throat> and then he says, uh, he says, and next time, and it wasn't even like a butt next time, you know, where we get, right. we get in trouble right. with that sometimes. We're like, okay, here comes the butt. He didn't even say that. He goes, and next time, I think you can even go further with that. And you can, you can, and then he just said basically what I was trying to tell him, but he said it in such a better way. And so much more positive. Yeah. And the kid was laughing and, and happy. And yeah. So, so I knew I, that. He had you a, know what? I can't help but insert a little advocacy strategy with yeah. that story. Yeah. So I teach negotiation and how to advocate. And my personal style is very, very positive and collaborative and teamwork because I feel like people get more buy-in if you work that way. And Nick, that one word change from but to and, you know, you did yeah. great and you could do it even better as opposed to you did great, but this is how you could work to do better. That one change is in every single book about negotiation and you do it naturally that's just yeah. a gift that you have yeah we we learned that very quickly we had another director who helped me start the program and he was absolutely great and you know really a, a good director for probably a typical class but what i found was um you know there were there were times that certain words would be used because he just he wasn't around the disability community um you know really at all and you know even words like don't you know, so after, after a scene, he'd be like, okay, okay, don't do this. Uh -huh. And you would just see the body language, just like, ugh, they just, you know, and, and then I'm like watching too. And I'm going, oh, we need to say, let's do this. Let's not. That's why in our classes, in our live classes, we developed a, it's called a let's, let's not board instead of a do's and don'ts board or a, you know, rules board or something like that. It's like, let's do this. Let's not wow. do this. Just easier ways that just have a better way of sounding. You know, Rob, it's interesting. I'm sure that as a parent and as a business owner, you have read about psychology and, and instruction and that kind of thing. But I wonder if your strengths in comedy are also the strengths that allow you to see those needs for change. Because I would imagine in comedy, you are always looking for the reaction of your yeah. audience. And in this role, you're looking for the reaction of your students. Is that insight that you have? Yeah, I think that's a strong, I, I, that's, that's probably a strong comparison um, or perhaps a reason. I mean, you know, my, my comedy tends to be pretty, pretty positive. You know, I'm not uh, real negative. I mean, there was a time that I was kind of, you know, when you're younger, you're like, I got to be edgy, and, you know, all this and um, caustic and um, you know, and then when I kind of got back into it after we had Henry, it just was more kind of positive. And I think that's just a, a better way to go. Um, you know, so, and then when we started just, you know, teaching individuals with developmental disabilities, you see that positivity and you just don't want it to stop, but you have a job to do, which is to teach and not everybody's doing that right. Um, or not everybody's following the instructions. So you do have to kind of keep finding those ways of making sure um, it stays very positive. And it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, I, I just taught a live class for the first time in a long time. And I, I really only did it. This was a week and a half ago. And I really only did it um, because Maggie was, um, Maggie was away. She was actually um, 
at an improv camp uh, up in uh, Minnesota for the Down Syndrome Association of Minnesota, where her and Nick were um, teaching this class uh, or do, doing an improv camp. But Maggie stays positive. Like she has so much energy and positivity. I'm this, you know, 48 year old dad right now. So I get into the class, right. it's 90 minutes. And the first 60 minutes, I am just like loving it. I'm like, oh, you guys haven't missed a beat. This is the best. And then I'm getting tired uh-huh. after 60 minutes. Just like it's physically tired. It's it's tiring to teach. Um, I have such new respect um, or such added respect for teachers out there now who literally stand all day or teach five and six classes. And it's incredible, but it takes a lot. So yeah, yeah keeping the positivity is, is a trait. Oh, and- yeah. Been yeah, there, done that. <laughs> Nick's always right. positive. Hey, Nick, how did you get involved with Stand Up for Downs in the very beginning? Oh, boy. Where am I going to start? <laughs> so, all right. So, when I found out about Stand Up for Downs, my cousin, uh, Ken Bergman, and I want to give a big shout out to to Kim Bergman is um, I asked her if I if there was a opening spot for me to be on to be on the board of Stand Up for Dallas, and she said, "Of course." <laughs> so I so basically she hooked me up with that, and when I got involved with Bob back uh, back then, he was the president. The past president, I will add, um, I we were at a local theater in Akron, Ohio, and I asked him, "Hey, Rob, is there a spot for me on the Stanford for Downs Board of Directors?" And he said, "Hmm, I don't know. We'll see." But now, mm-hmm. but now, I am a, I was a self-advocate on there. I was a ambassador on there, but now I got a bigger role, vice president and a national sales executive. And not only that, the Epoxy Method assistant director. <laughs> you worked your way up, didn't you? you I did. did. And that is all because of Rob. No, I, I would think that, Nick, it probably has something to do with your hard work. You know, Rob, something in the disability community that we talk a lot about is employment. Um, so for, for employers out there, um, what are some of the things that you saw in Nick that made you realize that he was ready for that kind of leadership role and that he was ready for some decision making on the board of the nonprofit? Don't make him cry, please. <laughs> I'm all cried out. I, I, I've shed my tears for this uh, whole program and for my, my Nicks of the world many times. Um, but it's, um, you know, the whole mission of the Improvineer Method is, like I said in the beginning, it's, it's exactly that. We're building skills and developing skills um, in individuals with developmental disabilities through improvisation um, that are, it's going to greatly increase social workplace and lifetime opportunities. And the reason I say that is because these skills, you know, you don't get them in normal, you know, or in typical kind of environments or just in, 
you know, typical job training, job coaching. We're talking about problem solving, um, you know, uh, problem solving, creative thinking, adaption to change, teamwork, focus, even th physical things like eye contact and voice projection, um, yes, you know, quick thinking, listening. So it's, and, and, and a huge increase in self-confidence. These are really big skills that are um, equatable to nearly every type of job. And to be honest, there isn't. Um, I used to say this program when I was first starting it and first trying to pitch it, um, that it was very groundbreaking and, um, and game changing. I kind of, that was a little bit of hyperbole at the time, but now I'm like, that's, those are understatements because from what we've found in the way we've been able to measure this program, um, those skills absolutely increase in ways that they never have before um, through this method. And by the way, it's also a really fun way to do it. Um, you know, they're either in a class or on a Zoom or in a Zoom class with others. So they're connecting with others, um, but they're playing games, really fun games, laughing. Um, and so if you start, you know, a class with say very low or, or very you know bad eye contact, let's say maybe that's not a strong skill set. You know, by the end of a, a full year session, you're going to have either good or great eye contact. Um, you really will. And so, <clears throat> and we did a study. I mean, we 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 took these ten individuals and we um, created a evaluation method. And because I knew we had to do that, but I wasn't. I'm, that's not my area of expertise, you know, in, in kind of creating studies. So I actually worked with um, Dr. Anna Espenson, who you may know uh, yes, from Cincinnati, Cincinnati Children's. Children's. Yeah. yeah, an incredible behavioralist for Cincinnati Children's. Uh, one of the best Down syndrome uh, clinics, the um, Tom Thomas Center for Down syndrome, right? Yes. One of the best in the country. And um, she helped me kind of create this evaluation method where we play the games and each game is specific to specific skill sets. So that's how Maggie and I kind of honed all these games to meet skill sets. So every single game has a background uh, in it that we have studied and we're like, this game directly goes to eye contact or this game directly goes to creative thinking. And so in most games have multiple skill sets they're building too. And so in the third class that you would take with us, the, the, just the third class overall, we're going to evaluate you. And on a scale of one to five, one meaning you really don't have that skill set, or five, you have it in spades. You, it's really great. Um, and then it, everywhere in between. And so someone, while we're playing these games, I have um, a producer um, and myself that are grading the games and then conferring afterwards to give everybody kind of a, a value. And so we did this for, for these 10 individuals, and then we did it again at the end of the program, so a year later. And, and so we had this result, you know, of how they went up or, you know, maybe how they went down. Um, no one went down, but, um, and no one even stayed the same uh, wow. in all of them. Um, it was really, um, it was really interesting. And so we have this, I, I, I won't say steady, I talked to, um, you know, uh, the founder of uh, LuMind about this program, um, Hampus. And I, it was funny because we were, he goes, well, I'm really interested. I won't do his accent, but he says, I'm really interested in your, 
in, in this, this finding that you have? And I said, well, here's a study that we did. And he goes, ah, yes, but you only had 10 individuals. It's not quite a study. And I go, I, I knew you were going to say that, Hampus, but it's a hell of an assumption. I have a hell of an assumption right now. And right now I'm happy with that. And we'll keep creating the study. But now that we are back live, we can kind of start to do that. So there is method behind the madness and there's actually evaluation behind it too. And you know, that's so cool. And so many times I think we get stuck from the parent's perspective in um, therapy, therapy, therapy. And yeah. I oftentimes go back to those early intervention days when we were instructed on how to make therapy fun, how to incorporate it into our everyday lives and into play and that sort of thing. And that's, you have really put a lot of science behind play and um, interpersonal relationships and the social part, which is fun. And, you know, that's cool. I bet Nick, you have, you had no idea <laughs> that Rob and other people were evaluating your progress in the beginning, did you? No, I did not. But now I do. Now you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Nick was like a five in almost all of them. If you saw Nick's chart, he was, he was like fours and fives and just about everything to start. But we even did a, a further case study with Nick because we had the quantitative. That was a big part of it, um, you know, with, with the numbers where we would kind of see this. But we also knew that what was really important, too, was the qualitative, the stories, the anecdotes from the parents. What was happening when they left class? And so we started doing a lot of surveys and, and we even had a focus group with the parents that took the class and everything. And so we found out so much more. And then we dug deeper and did a couple case studies where we went and talked to some employers um, to see what was actually happening on the jobs. So this is pretty well-rounded in terms of what, we, in terms of what we, we've done. Um, it, it will continue to be more well-rounded as we, as we grow, but um, yeah, that's been a really big piece of it. Yeah, I mean, and that's incredible. Nick, I guess, did you say um, that you, I know you are working for the organizations over five hours per week. How often are you practicing? Oh man, let me tell you what. I practice all the time, every day. You know why I'm saying that? It's because I read all the descriptions I and I give out some some tips to to every participants that we have, and um, and then I do a lot of examples, and at the end of the day, I lead by example. Oh my gosh! So you're practicing what you are learning with the Improvenir method all day long. Exactly right. Oh, that is that. I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it, Nick? That's the whole purpose. That's what it's all about, absolutely. Oh man, that is incredible. I'm so happy that your cousin got you connected with Rob. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I was so thrilled and happy. Can you tell us um, some of your favorite ways that you've grown, some of your favorite experiences or um, funny things that have happened, stories, like what's the best part of being a part of Stand Up for Downs and the Improvenir Method? Oh boy, 
where am I going to start? Yes, I can tell you. Um, so, um, here's a story that you will. If I don't get, I'll talk to. Her. But um, the story behind Stand Up for Downs and the Improvement Method, and let alone the Improvement Needs, where me and my group performs for everyone, not just Northeast Ohio, not just West Virginia, because that's coming up. Um, and then um, what I'm doing is nothing but um nothing but um being a strong um lead by example um this is but um this whole thing started a little rough on the essence when I first started um it's September 2018. Oh. My brother, Tim. Um, he is 43 years old right now, as we speak. He lived in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, he's not with me right now, but um, Bob knows his story. But um, he, uh, he passed, passed away due to cancer. Oh, your brother! Your brother passed away in 2018. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Thanks for and it was no cancer. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Nick. Thank you. But I think, Bob, Nick, I want to just because I know this is a hard story for you to even tell, but and it it goes to really, you know, I I will not credit. Um, well, I'll credit the team, um, for being such a big part of Nick's life at that time and Nick and his amazing family, but I mean, they really went through some hard stuff. I mean, it, yes, his brother passed away during this. They were very close. Um, I never knew his brother, but oh my God, just seemed like an amazing human being and everything. And then, um, but, and, and then, and I think his mom would be okay. His mom went through some, some medical stuff as well, uh, nearly around the same time. So, um, but then all of this improv stuff is going on too. And then he's becoming a member of, you know, on the, he's getting on the board of stand up for downs and then we're being asked to perform. And then we're, we're getting all this media attention everywhere. So it was just this like, you know, craziness going on in Nick's life, both such highs and such lows. And I, I think, you know, the, the fact that he had this support and this teamwork around him um, or this team around him that just loved him and embraced him so much was really, really impactful and helpful uh, to him in this process. And I think it allowed him to grow so much more. Some other uh, individuals on the team have um, experienced some, some lows in the last two or three years. And Nick was there with firsthand knowledge of really how to, you know, help those, those people. And that's when I really just saw what a family this whole group was. And, you know, it was, it was really trying time. And Nick's actually speaking at uh, this year at the NDSC. Um, and he's going to give his, this whole story kind of 
Um, I think they're giving them all in five minutes, but um, I think he's going to be able to give this whole story, but it really is kind of a roller coaster of events, but ultimately just an incredibly happy uh, and continually happy um, and positive thing for Nick here, uh, who's just taking his brother's uh, memory and using that and everything he's learned to just keep going. And as you say, Nick, and you're never going to what? Uh, truth be told, I'm not going to stop. That's right. Uh, and, and I'm never going to stop. Never going to stop. Nick, that is incredible. And the power of friendship and the power of leadership, that'll take you so, so far in life. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Bob forgot to mention this. I got selected. <laughs> to the 20 under 40 youth spotlight leadership team down here in Canton, Ohio. I will be the city of Canton's leader. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it truly was. He was uh, 20 under 40, start county leadership. Um, Really amazing. I think it's a first, to be honest. I don't think uh, anyone with any developmental disabilities has been selected, uh, at least in Stark County for that. And I'm not sure with other counties, but um, he was submitted or nominated by a good friend of his, um, right. who's also in leadership as well uh, for Stark County. And um, I mean, his resume is unbelievable. I mean, the resume just speaks for itself. So absolute, absolutely earned and yeah, pretty incredible. So it doesn't is, stop. Like you said, yeah. truth be told, it's not going to stop. That yeah. is incredible, Nick. I am really proud of you. And I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and for the work that you're doing, Rob, um, and for all of the outreach that you all are doing um, with both organizations. So we said we might play some games. I oh. think, Nick, do I should I have like a little pep talk before... You make me play a, a game? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Here's my pet talk. Be yourself. Be hilarious. <laughs> the third tip is to um to to laugh and the last but not least. Most of all, make sure to uh, listen to Bob over here and myself, because we're going to make you and your uh, podcast fans, gonna, we're going to make all you guys laugh your faces off. So be ready, because <laughs> your name could be called at any giving time. Oh, so before we jump into a game, I'll tell you kind of the tenets of improv, and this might help you out a little bit. So okay, okay. improv is basically, as we know, it's, it's uh, making it up, thinking it up on the spot. You're improvising uh, anything. Okay. We do it every day. Uh, our entire conversation right now, Ashley, is improvised. Every time you meet somebody, um, everything you almost do in a given day is improvised. Um, so we're doing it. We already all know how to do it. So it's not hard. 
when you're on stage doing imp improvisation, you can think of one of the main rules. It's called yes and. And so people hear that a lot when they talk about improvisation. And yes and means um, yes, I'm going to agree with whatever you say. You're my partner. If you tell me that we're floating in a, uh, in a child's fishbowl in their room, that's where we are. Um, if you tell me that we're in outer space and we are both aliens uh, with one eyeball, that's where we are. So uh, you agree with that and you add to it. So okay. it's yes and dot, dot, dot. So your job is to agree and then add to the scene. Okay? Okay. 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 So, um, so oh, you got another? Before we start, yes. I do have another tip, Bob. Yes. Okay. I need a lot of tips. <laughs> and, and in order to play, yes, and gotta have listening skills, uh, problem solving, and teamwork. And uh, most of all, make sure you agree without denying here. We're no going denying. to. No denying. All right. So no with denying. that, though, we'll, we're going to start. We're going to start with a really easy game, Ashley. Okay. Really easy. And really. this is a game we play um, in different variations at the beginning of all, uh, almost all of our Zoom classes and um, live classes. It's, it's literally a warm-up game. Gets our brains moving around a little bit. Um, in live classes, we also have physical games where we uh, do a lot with physical space because the other thing with improv is you don't have any props on stage with you. So you have to make the audience believe, like if you're on the phone, you got to make sure they think you have a phone in your hand. Um, if you're holding a mug or a cup, they got to believe that. Uh huh. Okay, so, right. So this, is, this game is all about, um, it's, it's called Quick Think. I'm going to bring up a topic and the three of us are going to go around um, as quickly as possible and think of anything uh, to do with that topic. Any one word that has to do with that topic. Are you good? I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. Are you ready? I'm always ready, Ron. Okay. Let's go. Let's go with super simple summer. Ashley. All right. The beach. Sun. Sunbathing. Saving suits. Swimming. Surfing. No school. Diving. Vacation. Flip-flops. California. Ice cream. Shorts. Bathing suits. Sunglasses. A tan. Mm. And freeze. So it becomes a little harder, right? And so, and you know, you get a big circle of people, but you're really just working that brain. And then once you get really good, now you start to play it differently where you're not, you're, you're not just thinking of things while everybody else is talking. You're waiting to hear what the person before you says, so you can maybe add to that, you know, instead of just thinking. So the topic can almost start to take a turn. Like if you said, um, no school, I might say, you know, uh, bad teachers, you know, or something like that, that had, so it just starts to kind of take a, uh, a mind of its own. All right. That's the easy one. Okay. All that right. Was so fun. we mentioned a game called, uh, or we mentioned um, that we do a lot of problem solving. So we play a game called So Isle, and this is all about problem solving. So we start to, as you get more advanced, 
we raise the levels of the games. So a game that might focus on a skill like quick thinking uh, starts with a game like we just did, but then it goes to you know, get, you know, further games down the road when you really have to apply your quick thinking skills. This one is all about problem solving. So I'm going to give, uh, Nick and I will do this first. So Ashley, you're actually gonna give me a problem and Nick is gonna help me solve it. And the way he's gonna help me solve it is he hit first, whenever I tell him my problem, he has to say, so I'll, and then he's gonna tell me how he's gonna fix it. So what's, okay. what's my problem, Ashley? You stepped on gum. Okay, ready? Get ready to do that, Ashley. All right, Nick, stop saying that. Now you're, you're building up expectations, that's wrong. All right, so ready? All right, oh, oh, Nick. I just stepped on gum, man. Oh, it's all over my shoe. Oh, so I'll fix that for you. Here. I got pliers. Thank you. I always take off my gum with my pliers. <laughs> Much appreciated. Then we take that game to like customer service. So now you're going to be the customer service rep, Ashley. You're going to have to solve... Nick's problem. Are you ready? Oh, yes, I am. And Nick's problem is um, Jill in the cube next to him keeps falling asleep and snoring. Uh, are you going to ask me? Oh, I oh, tell you, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to tell me. You could say, like, Nick, what, what can I help you with or something? Nick, I have a problem at work. No, wait. I'm sorry. Nick has the problem. You're not going to have a problem. Yeah. Oh. So, so. Oh, I, I say, hey, Nick, it. what's your problem? Oh, yes. I see. I see. Oh, sorry. Jeez, oh, Pete. My God. That's I'm my a, fault. I, I needed more instruction. Okay. Nick, hello, sir. How can I help you? Uh this person every day right next to me she is constantly snoring inside my eardrum oh well i can fix that for you sir so i'll give you some earplugs oh, i need it before i go off thank you <laughs> <sighs> but I wasn't funny. It was funny. It doesn't have to be funny. See, the funny starts to come. I mean, it just it okay. just happens because really crazy scenarios start to start to happen. But um, so that's like a big game we play. Um, you know, when we do like corporate work, where you, you know, like Project Search. You're familiar with Project mm -hmm. Search, right? Yeah. So, like when they have programs, we just did a Project Search program with a company up here in Northeast Ohio where um, we were part of their curriculum. So every Monday we'd go in and teach um, and they are specifically teaching to building skills for different jobs. And we were a big, big part of that. So very exciting. That is brilliant. I mean, so yeah. smart. So I wanna kind of take this like full circle back to really simple life. And I wanna tell you guys an example of something that happened to me, but first, you probably don't know this. I used to be a German teacher. No. So yeah, so before I went to law school, I was a German teacher. And what I loved about language was 
the creativity that's involved in language. So, you know, if you're learning a foreign language and you don't know, you forget the word apple, then you could say circle red fruit. And you might be able to come up with those three words and people would know that it was an apple or maybe a strawberry or some other red fruit. Um, so <laughs> now I'm raising a child that has a language delay. My Jack actually has apraxia of speech, you know, kind of the motor planning part of speech. And his speech has really come a far way. But today, minutes before we hopped on this Zoom, he, my mom was there and he wanted to prank my mom. He was telling me that he wanted to prank his grandma. And he said, mom, I need, and I could not tell what he was saying. I thought he said my clothes, my toes, my does. I could not tell what he was saying. Finally, he said explosion. And then he said root beer float. And I was like, well, you want a root beer float? That doesn't sound like my clothes or my toes or whatever. You know what he wanted? Mentos. <laughs> Hey, do you yeah. know, Nick, if you put Mentos, it's like a mint. If you put Mentos yes. in a Coke, it'll explode. Yes. He wanted Mentos because he wanted to prank his grandma by spraying Coke all over her. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the skills, but the skills that you're teaching help people with that creative thinking. Like he, he knew I wasn't going to get Mentos because I couldn't understand the word. And he described what he wanted with a root beer float. And I put two and two together for him. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, that's such a great, great point. It's really cool. Um, Henry does it all the time. It's, and it's something really to note for, you know, parents and, and, and teachers. Um, There's, they're, they're trying to say something and, and we need to remember that they know what they're trying to say. And we have to try to get that out of them, you know, no matter what level of abilities they have and being um, verbal and um, expressive. And so, um, you know, improv does help that. I mean, we, we, Maggie's like a genius. I wish she was on the call, but she's actually teaching a class right now. But, you know, Maggie can, because um, she's really taken over most of the teaching, she can understand like anything. Um, from any of the individuals because she's been with them so long and they also know how to express themselves to Maggie. Um, You know, we have that with uh, Henry's older brother, Charlie, who Henry plays a lot of video games and things like that, or, you know, he might be watching a show or a cartoon or something and he'll say the name of somebody in this video game. And I just, you know, Ellen and I just sit there and go, oh, well, we can't understand what he's saying. And finally, Charlie will come home and he'll go, Oh, Dad, he's saying Doctor Doctor Stankalox or something like right. that. He's a character in the game, and we're sitting there thinking he's not saying something correctly when he's actually just saying the name of somebody that I don't know. So always kind of go back to like you said. Okay, he was trying to prank. All right, how does Jack like to prank? Right. Um, oh, he's done this. We've done this Mentos thing before. Mentos. Oh, Mentos. You know, root beer float. But he got it for you. He yeah. became your teacher, which was really amazing um, to help you understand his language. And I feel like that's that's a skill that you are teaching in improv that's really helping that brain circuitry kind yeah. of all work together. And that's, I mean, Nick, you will continue to get smarter and smarter and smarter every day with this kind of playfulness around 
language and problem solving and listening skills and all of those other things. Um, I love the advice that you gave me right before we started our game, Nick, you said, be yourself, be hilarious. Yes. Laugh. Yes. And and listen to Rob. (laughs) Exactly. That fourth one is always important, Ashley. No, (laughs) nobody tends to do it, but that's always important. Those are words to live by. Nick, do you have any other advice for my podcast listeners? <sighs> my advice for your podcast listeners is to, if they want to be a part of the Improv Near Method or Improv Classes, go right ahead. Just come and join in the fun and uh, we will hook you guys up to play these awesome improv games and come as yourself, be hilarious, and be ready because their names will be called at any given time by our team of D Breakfast. Be hilarious and be ready. I love it. Rob, why don't you tell everybody where they can find um, yeah. your organization? So just, I'd start on our website, www.theimprovineermethod.com. Um, if you happen to go to Stand Up for Downs, because you know me from that, um, there's enough there that will direct you back to the Improvineer Method as well. Um, go there, and then you can always reach me at rob at theimprovineermethod.com. Um, and it, like, like Nick said, we have Zoom classes right now for just about anybody. We're definitely... Uh, willing and and happy to give everybody a free class um, before they decide if they want to join it. We have, uh, I think we're 100% on those that take the class and then decide to join it. Um, But just give us, give us a try. You know, we have these Zoom classes going on at all times and we can pretty easily fit you in. Uh, We have various levels and sessions going on. So if you um, are brand new, we can start you at a newer level. Um, and we do it over Zoom, but like I said, we're now we're going all over the country. We have different Down syndrome organizations around the country, different developmental disability organizations that are hiring us now to license our program. And then we come in and we train uh, and certify a director to teach our program there. And I think you know what stands out with us, you know, because there are other organ, there are other improv groups um, or improv programs out there that have taught to the disability community. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of few and far between. I don't know why it hasn't picked up more. Um, but I think we have a very special emphasis in the way that we've, we've structured our games and really focus them to these particular skill sets and that we have a measurement um, methodology to it. So, you know, I, I, I think the secret sauce there is, is probably... Um, I guess in the fact that this is uh, something that I did in life, a study at Second City uh, for a number of years and, um, and that sort of thing, and I'm connected to the Down syndrome community in a, in a really big way. So uh, definitely a focus on that. So, but look us up, man. We, we would love, love to, you know, especially uh, any of, of Ashley's fans and supporters out there, uh, yes. give you a free class and see what it's all about. They're way funnier than I am. I have to say, anytime I'm at a conference and you all are performing, you are the highlight of the 
conference. <laughs> I can't wait for, for 50 to roll around on the clock so I can come back out in the hallway and watch another show. So oh, I know. Well, I could tell you one thing about that. Every time when you book a performance for me and my group, tell your podcast listeners and the conference leaders we're going to make them laugh as well when we get back to live performances in the next year and 2022. I love it. People are going to be lining up to schedule those. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley.